You're listening to Not Your Normal Hockey Podcast, Episode 7. I wrote a feature for EP Rinkside on Jake Sanderson, the highest-rated American prospect for the 2020 NHL Draft, but I had some quotes that I wanted to share with you that didn't quite fit into the article. So, get ready for this edition of Short Shifts. This is Not Your Normal Hockey Podcast with your host, Julie Robenheimer. Hey everyone, when I went to Sweden in November, I spent two days in Sundsvall for a U18 tournament and had the opportunity to sit down with a handful of players from Team USA and the U.S. National Team Development Program. One of those players was Jake Sanderson, captain of the team and one of the best defensive prospects at the upcoming NHL draft. At the midterm ranking, the 17-year-old was number 11 on Central Scouting's North American list and the fourth highest rated defenseman. In the feature I wrote for EP Rinkside, you'll learn what makes him so special as a player and how he's looking to set himself apart from his father, Jeff Sanderson, who played 1,104 games over 17 seasons and notched 700 points in his NHL career. My chat with Jake was almost 20 minutes long, and we discussed everything from growing up in Montana, when he realized his dad was an NHL star, including the time that he used him as the subject of a school project in fourth grade, how he feels about being captain of his team, why he chose to play college hockey at North Dakota, and who his favorite NHL player is. There is no surprise that I couldn't fit it all into one feature, but that is why I like these short shift episodes. You get to hear more about the player right from the player. I even have a little snippet from Seth Appert, head coach of the U18s, for you as well. Before we get to it, my apologies for the sound quality in these interviews. They were recorded in the hotel lobby, so there is some ambient noise, since I didn't record this with the thought of sharing it on a podcast with you. But I hope you enjoy it just the same. My first question for Jake was about his hometown, Whitefish, Montana. Well, it's always like a summer home there at, like... My dad would go there in, in between summers, mm-hmm. and it was just like a good hideaway spot. It was like a small town, nobody's really there. Mm-hmm. So we always went back there, and then me and my older brother were both born there. And it was like the hospital there doesn't even exist anymore. <laughs> so it was kind of, I, I thought that was pretty cool. And there was only like one hockey association there. And there's only one team for each age group, and the, like, each age group was missing a lot of kids, so it wasn't even a full team. And our closest game was like two hours away, <laughs> so we had to travel for everything. So. Yeah. How long did you live there? Or do you still live there? No. Well, I go back there every summer, mm-hmm. but I lived there probably it was like kindergarten to grade three. Uh-huh. So a good amount for me to remember, for sure. Jake called Montana home on a full-time basis after his dad retired from the NHL in 2008 and stayed there until the family moved to Calgary when he was 10. But as he said, he still spends his summers in Whitefish. He's not sure how much time he'll have to spend there this offseason between the draft, an NHL development camp, the World Junior Summer Showcase that he will likely earn an invite to, and then heading to Grand Forks a little early so that he can get acclimated to campus life for his freshman year at the University of North Dakota. But even if he doesn't end up training in Montana this summer, he hopes to get back there as much as possible because he loves it so much. The next questions were about his introduction to hockey and the impact his dad had on his love for the game. He played for a really long time, so that's had a huge impact on me. And I obviously wanted to do what he wanted to, and but I kind of like fell in love with myself as well. Mm-hmm. And I don't know, he's 
it's not just my dad, it's also my mom too. They're both huge impacts on the game. Mm-hmm. They both like spent so many hours just driving me everywhere, spending gear, buying me stuff. But I don't know. I think I I would start skating. I don't know. Maybe Phoenix when my dad was there, he'd take me out on the ice with him when I was younger. And then we moved to Whitefish, and I'd start getting into it more, like the Pee and Novice level. Do you remember him playing? I remember a bit in Edmonton, which was the last couple of years. I remember a little bit of going into the room with him a couple of times and watching a little bit. Do you ever like pull up old videos? I do, yes. Talk to me about YouTube, that. Yeah. Definitely not good quality back then, but... <laughs> good quality hockey or good quality no, video? No, like video. Video. <laughs> you can barely see it, but I remember I was doing a school project on him, I think, and I used this one video of him. He was in playoffs, and he was with Carolina, mm-hmm. and he got like a breakaway, and he just deeped the goalie out. He was, he was going crazy. I've never seen that happen before, so it was pretty cool. What was the project on? I feel I think it was like an interviewer, and I was Don Cherry, and I had a friend who was my dad, and I dressed up in like a suit and stuff. So that was grade four, and so that was in Calgary. So at that point, do you like know? Like I feel like it's hard because you're in it, like and you it, like you don't know any different, yeah. right? But like at that point, like do you know that your dad plays in the NHL and like that's super cool or? Well, it's definitely. I think it's way cooler now because that's what I'm trying to do I know how hard it is and I'm not there yet mm-hmm. but like when I was younger I kind of just thought I was a regular dad <laughs> and he is a bit but he's also super special too so when I was younger I didn't think of it that much but now since I'm getting older and I'm asking him for more help and more tips and I don't know, just look up to him I asked him a little later in the conversation about that school project in the fourth grade, and he said they had to do a biographical report on someone like they were interviewing them. He and his classmate chose his dad because they already had the jersey and already knew a lot about him and had the added bonus of being able to ask him directly if they didn't already know the answer to the question. He said he doesn't remember what grade he got, but he's sure it was a good one. We shifted gears to chat about his own career and his decision to play at the National Team Development Program, and Jake said it wasn't necessarily a hard decision for him to make, but that he felt the weight of it and what it could mean for his future. My parents just sat me down and said, if you really want to move away, then you gotta, then you gotta be a hockey player. So yeah, that's what I want to do, so moved away. and It was definitely different at the start. But I think coming back home, it was nice to like refresh and reset and come back this year. But it's definitely hard. You don't get a lot of like rest, practice lift, practice lift. Watch video, but I think that's kind of like worth it all if you want to be a hockey player. So. If you read the feature on EP Rinkside, you'd know that last season was the most challenging for Jake as he went up against guys that were two, three, even four years older than him as a 16-year-old in the USHL. He asked his dad what he should do about it, and he said that his dad told him to get used to it, that he'd be going up against older, bigger, stronger competition for the better part of the next 10 years. And then, if he's lucky enough to still be playing, it's the younger guys that will start pushing him to be faster and better. And if he wanted a career in pro hockey, he needed to learn how to be comfortable with being uncomfortable and use it as motivation to continue to improve. 
While Jake and his dad talk almost every day about everything from school to practices and games to life in general, there is one topic that Jake's dad loves to talk about. I always ask how my gear is and stuff because he was a, he was kind of a freak with the skates. A gearhead. He was, and his skates should be like having a million different things on them, and mine did too when I was growing up. So he had, when I first went to the program, he had to talk to our trainer. Our trainer was like, "Holy cow, I have to do this." But <laughs> yeah, it's just a little quirky about that stuff. So do you still have a lot of? Yeah, like I specific a things stuff, like on my skates. Yeah. Yeah, like what? Uh, like different rockers, like the steels grinded differently than regular people, so yeah. That, that's him, that's not like really me, but like he likes, he thinks it helps, so yeah. So did he pass that down on to you? Yeah, like, for sure. you, you think well, it think helps too? I think all my too. clubs As the hub of USA Hockey, the National Team Development Program gets to try out a lot of new technology, whether that be for therapy, training, or equipment. And Jake loves having the opportunity to tell his dad all about it. Next, we talked about his style of play. And again, if you read the feature on EP Rinkside, you already know what Jake's strengths are and why scouts view him so highly. But here's more of what he said regarding what he'd like to work on as he continues to develop. I heard you are a real pain in the butt to play against. I like to be, yeah. Okay. I don't want any opponents liking me to play against me. I think I can use my physical play a bit more. I'm a decently good-sized defenseman, I would say, but I think I can... I haven't really used it a lot. I use it when I need to, but like back to that point where you said it's hard to play against. I think really physical has a big aspect of it. You can always improve your strengths, I think. Skating, I'm not... I don't think I'm NHL fast yet, so I think skating, just working out the legs a bit, doing some speed drills is nice. Mm -hmm. I think my one-timer, I think that's a big aspect. Um, it's always a pain in butt to block a big one-timer, so just work on my slap shot. At six foot one and 185 pounds, Jake has a bigger body and the potential to fill it out even more once he gets his man strength. But he's not necessarily looking to bulk up, especially if it's at the expense of his skating ability. I asked him about his favorite player in the NHL and found the answer pretty insightful in terms of how he views himself as a player. It was Drew Doughty when I was younger. I liked watching him play, it was super exciting. But now I think like new players are coming into the league. I look at Miro Heiskin, the Finnish defenseman, I think. We're both like lankier kids, and we got that very similar strides, both kind of long and smooth, and yeah, I like watching them play. After our interview was over and I had stopped recording, we continued to chat while we waited for my next interview to arrive, and the hot topic was other players he felt were comparable to his style of play. He knew that I had banged the drum pretty hard on Moritz Sider being good enough for a top 10 selection after I saw him play at the Men's World Championship in Slovakia last May, and he wanted to know what I saw in Sider that made me think that. I thought it was an excellent question for someone hoping to rise up the rankings in much the same way as Sider went from a late first round projection to a mid first round projection to ultimately being selected by the Detroit Red Wings six overall. It showed me just how much a student of the game Jake is and how willing he is to apply certain skill sets and adapt his own game to match the ever evolving NHL. Pretty impressive for a 17 year old. But that's a great example of why he's captain of the U18s. Here's what Seth Appert, their head coach, had to say about that. 
you know, he comes from a great family. His dad played over, you know, 1,100 games in the NHL. Um, his dad's real, real soft-spoken about it, you know. So he comes from just a really, his parents are awesome. Really high-quality family, humble. Um, so he's got that humble, grateful, hard-working, blue-collar mentality. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he also got to see, you know, what his dad was able to accomplish through his hard work and, and attitude. So um, he, you know, when your best players are your hardest workers and treat other people as well as he does, you have a real chance as a team to try to do something special. Um, he's our best player. And he's, he's, I mean, if he's not the hardest worker, he's right there in a group of five or six guys. And, when I were, and I'm talking like off the chart, world-class elite work ethics. Um, some of the best I've ever been around with some of these top guys on our team. Some, some of the guys that work the hardest mm-hmm. on our team. Um, and he's right there at the top of that. So then, then he has this, you could start to see him as he's maturing. He's starting to think like me. He's starting to think like a coach. You know, he's starting to get ticked off about things that, that he sees. Now he, he's still trying to find his voice in the room because they're all the same age. It's the interesting thing about leadership here. Um, there's no veteran seniority. Um, so he, he's still struggling to find that voice. Um, right now he has a lot of respect. Uh, from the way he carries himself and how he does his business. He, but you can see now things are starting to uh, resonate with him about, from a leadership standpoint about, well, this isn't right. Uh, that player can't do that. He shouldn't do that or shouldn't act that way. And now it's uh, about finding his voice to, uh, to demand uh, that from his teammates because it, it's going to mean even more when it's from him than it is when it's from the coaching staff. Seth made a great point about how different it is to be captain of this team in that there is no veteran to kind of grow into that role. They're all in this together, which can make it a bit difficult. But as he mentioned in the quote I included in the feature on EP Rinkside, there was zero debate on Jake being captain of this team. And here's what Jake had to say about it. Yeah, we, we vote on it this year and last year. It's, it's super humbling that like my teammates vote for me. I think that's awesome. It just knows that they trust me and I can trust them. So I think that brings the whole team together. And the coaches also have a say in it too. So mm-hmm. I don't know, that's, I've never been like a captain. I've been assistant captain, like captains of teams when I was younger, but never like a captain of a huge team like this. So I, I take it really seriously and yeah, I think it's really cool. Why do you think you were chosen? I don't know. I think I'm a guy who leads by example, like what he does on, his, on the ice and like my habits, I think are really good. My preparation, I was like making my teammates better in practice too. Jake is headed to North Dakota next season, and here's his explanation as to why he decided to become a Fighting Hawk. The coaching staff is a huge aspect. They're awesome. They're like the first team to show interest in me because not a lot of kids in Western Canada get like that college. I guess college coaches don't go watch out there a lot. Mm-hmm. It's mostly it's like heavily weighted on the WHL, and yeah, so they're like my first. Like they showed interest in me first, and I went there uh, like two or three years ago, and I visited. I thought it was unreal to bring coolest rink in college hockey, better than some NHL rinks. And I was just there last month with Tyler Clevin. On our official visits, it was just a blast. Like, the coaches are awesome. 
the guys are super nice. And I think it just has all the tools for me. Like if I'm gonna work hard, that thing has the tools for me to play in the NHL. He went on to say that after you visit Ralph Engelstad Arena, there's no reason to go visit any other school. It's like, mm, this is nice, but it's not North Dakota. His older brother, Ben, who currently plays for the Vernon Vipers of the BCHL, is also starting his freshman season next year as he heads to Colorado College. And while Jake has enjoyed playing with his brother in the past, he's also excited to play against him, especially in such a hotly contested conference like the NCHC. That does it for this episode of Not Your Normal Hockey Podcast. I hope you enjoyed this short shifts format and learned a little more about Jake Sanderson. I always say that I can tell you what a player said, but I think it is much better to hear it in their own voice. I think it showcases their personality a little bit more. And if you haven't already, I hope I've inspired you to head on over to EP Rinkside and check out the feature I wrote on one of the top prospects for the upcoming draft. If you like the show, please give it a rating and review and share it with your friends so that more people can tune in and enjoy it as well. If you love the show and all the content I provide across all platforms, please consider becoming a patron. You can visit my website, julierobenheimer.com, for more information about that. And if you have questions or comments or just want to say hi, you can find me on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Thank you so much for listening, and as always, stay humble and be awesome. Until next time. This is the end of today's episode. If you enjoyed the show and can't wait for the next one, be sure to like, subscribe, rate, and review the show to help more listeners find it. And go to julierobenheimer.com for more.